Welcome to Brand Story, Inc. I'm your host, Jay Sharman. Every week, we sit down with smart folks to talk about innovative ways they are creating content to connect with their audiences. I like to say every company can be a media company, and this conversation hopefully helps you understand why. Welcome back to Brand Story, Inc. We had to take a two-month hiatus to reboot and refresh, but we're back and stronger than ever, so welcome back. And I've recently been traipsing across the country, speaking at various Vistage meetings, and Vistage is the world's leading CEO advisory group, I've presenting, been presenting half-day workshops called Your Brand Story, Inc. And as part of that presentation, I've been using some of the fundamentals of the Wall Street Journal best-selling Donald Miller book, Build a Story Brand. That journey led me to brand marketing strategist and CEO of Evolve Global Marketing and Evolve U Global, Kim Jarrah Whittington, today's guest. Kimjera helps businesses stop wasting time and money on marketing that doesn't work and start getting the results they deserve. During her 25 plus years as an award-winning sales and marketing corporate executive, coach, and entrepreneur, Kimjera has seen firsthand how many business leaders feel overwhelmed after spending tens of thousands of dollars on marketing agencies with no results. As a certified story brand guide, see the connection there, brand builders partner and business coach, Kim Jarrett will share seven simple marketing principles proven to engage customers through the power of story. And by using story-based marketing, she helps business leaders and companies eliminate confusion and communicate clearly with their customers so they can get more sales online. So Kim Jarrett, with that, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Jay. I'm glad to be here. You know, this time, I'm so, so happy to have you because as I mentioned, I've, I've been speaking to rooms and rooms full of CEOs, as you well know, uh, as we talked about. And this topic is such a um, top of the CEO food chain topic about, it seems like the overwhelming majority of CEOs are not happy with the way that they're telling their brand story. And so I'm really excited because I think this will be one of the more useful podcasts that uh, you and I can be sending out to folks. It's just kind of like some of the basics. So, I, But I wanted to jump in first with the founder's story and hear about Evolve Global Marketing. Share the who, what, when, where, how, and why it came to be. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So, you know, I was in corporate America for um, the last, well, it was probably like 23 years total and loved every bit of what I did, yet hit a point of um, ready to, to, to do something different, right? You get kind mm-hmm. of burnt out. I did. And realized really quickly um, as I started to go out on my own and just kind of do marketing as a freelancer, how many businesses struggled with the messaging piece of it. They didn't really know what to say, but they wanted marketing done. Mm -hmm. And really quickly, I figured out that that was the piece that everybody needed, kind of what you said. So I um, started freelancing, just started helping people, became a certified story brand guide, and my company was kind of born through that. Um, Didn't intend for it to become an agency, but it now has 13 uh, strong, um, wonderful, talented individuals, and we do everything from sales funnels to websites to messaging to logo creation um, and even course creation for content creators. So we we, uh, are a fantastic um, oh God, can I do that again? Sure. <laughs> sure. Um, okay. do you want to pick it up from the beginning or do you want to just, um, pick it up from the the last sentence? Whatever um, you want. You were doing great. I was. Okay. Just pick it up from the last sentence. Okay. Just count yourself okay. down. Ready? Uh, three, two, one. Good. 
So we do websites and sales funnels. We create courses, do social media, anything that you need to do with marketing. And, you know, the company really was just burst out of, you know, me doing that work and, mm -hmm. um, and helping people. Well, you know, you mentioned, we mentioned StoryBrand, and I want to jump in there because I think it's fascinating that you, from what you just said, it sounds like it organically evolved into an agency, and that wasn't the intent. You were freelancing, and, and I mentioned the title of Donald Miller's book, which is the connection between you and I as I kind of followed the trail uh, and came upon your, your website, and we started talking. But uh, you are a StoryBrand's officially certified member of the Miller Teachings. Explain the essence of StoryBrand and what it takes to get certified. Yeah. So really, StoryBrand is a framework. Donald Miller came up with, an, an, you know, he took storytelling, which has been around for centuries, and really turned it into a marketing framework. Um, so to get certified, it is a, a week-long process with them learning the framework itself. Um, I always tell people Donald Miller really starts at kind of the end, and mm -hmm. there's a lot more to branding that kind of has to go with it. But what's beautiful about it is it's really about the customer and not about you as a business owner. And mm -hmm. we tend to think opposite in mm -hmm. business. So we think that we need to tell our story and we need to say who we are, what we did, how we came to be. But what Donald Miller did was turned it around and said, look, if we invite our customers into a story that's about uh, them and we mm -hmm. position our brand as the guy, not the hero, then we'll actually get more sales and marketing. Yeah, I love that. And I want to follow up on that as i mentioned i got permission from donald to use part of his framework in in my brand story inc presentations and i'll put this in the show notes for the listeners but for audio purposes i'll walk through the example that i use in the presentation to kind of prove his point uh, and his primary point you know correct me if i'm wrong you're certified in this i'm not but my takeaway is that his primary point is that traditional storytelling movies books shows brands they they follow a pattern in a sequence, right? Where it's a character runs into a problem and meets a guide who understands their fear, gives them a plan that leads to a call to action, which ends in either success or avoiding failure. And the one that I like to use um, is Karate Kid, the first one. I have to like caveat this now with Cobra Kai. It's been very challenging, <laughs> but um, you know, the, the, you know, Danny LaRusso, right? And if you put that framework to the test, it's it's, it's pretty interesting because I'll say Karate Kid and I'll say, okay, who's the character? People say Danielson. What's the problem, right? Johnny, Cobra Kai. Who's the guide? Mr. Miyagi. Who teaches him to? And everyone says, wax on, wax off. Takes it from the <laughs> yeah. streets to the All Valley Tourney where Danny wins over Elizabeth Shue and vanquishes Cobra Kai, right? And it's kind of a neat little process and it's, it's fun for folks to do. Um, but that's, you know, easy for a movie. I think putting it into practice about really how brands unlock how they position their story. How, how, where do you start and how do you do that? Yeah. So again, like I was saying, um, I usually start um, at the beginning, which is really understanding, you know, their business first. So why did you come to be, what is mm -hmm. your purpose? You know, what are, what are the values behind the business? Um, and then thinking about their brand itself, like how do people feel when they work with them? And then really dialing in their customer. So who is their customer and what are they looking for? I mean, in the story framework, like you just mentioned, the goal is really to figure out what's the problem that your customer's facing, right? We're all in business to solve problems. That's mm -hmm. what a business is for. And if you're not solving a problem, you might not 
potentially have a successful business. <laughs> so, so we got to uncover what is that problem that we're facing in marketing and, and, and how can then we uh, develop a unique positioning in the market that says, hey, we're here and we're going to solve this problem in this unique way. So I developed what's called a unique positioning statement. And I got that. Um, I've combined like multiple branding strategies together to do mm -hmm. kind of the beginning part. And that unique positioning statement is really why you're relevant right now and how you're solving that problem. And what is success going to look like for your customer when you do? And again, if you think about it, everything you just said, that's still the story framework, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> it's one great unique positioning. So I do that first and then move into developing the seven-part story framework that you just mentioned, as well as the brand story and the elevator pitch on the end. What, what are the most common mistakes that you see when brands or CEOs or CMOs show up at your doorstep? Well, number one is most definitely positioning their brand as, as the hero. Yeah. That's number one. Because, again, we want we think that we have to say a lot about ourselves and, and convince people, like on our website and in our social media and in our email marketing, we think we have to convince people that we're credible. And actually, what you really need to do is solve, tell them that you're going to solve the problem so that their life or business will be better. So if we do that first, you're going to be hugely successful when you're with your marketing. Um, I think another problem that common mistake is focusing on the design as the primary. So mm -hmm. I always tell you can hire everyone that knows you can hire people that know everything about Photoshop, but they will not know about marketing. Mm -hmm. And that the problem with that is the, the website, the, the emails, the, you know, marketing assets that you develop will be beautiful but they won't necessarily be effective because people buy when they read or hear words that make them want to buy. They don't buy when something's beautiful. You know, kind of building off of that, you know, when I, when I, in the presentations, I talk about be Mr. Miyagi, right? To your point mm -hmm. of like, be the guy, not the hero. And that just seems to resonate with people, right? Everyone wants a Mr. Miyagi, right? Whether it's clipping a bonsai tree or helping you how to play karate. It's yeah. like, it's, you know, uh, this, it's a, it's a mindset shift, right? It's not words and phrases, which I think people get caught up in. And so, you know, and, and I often talk about I, what I am giving away the presentation, which is fine, because I've got to practice what I preach in terms of being <laughs> customer centric. But, you know, I, I have the session that I do is in three parts. And at the end of the session, the first part of the session, the first break, I, I asked people, I said, listen, Let's not get caught up. This is not about a website. It's about brand positioning. The website's just yep. one door like that from the outside to look in, right? It's not the be all end all. It's a place where you have it. And I said, and I, I invite people to say, it's, it's even can be a letter. One letter can change the entire positioning. And I invite them to put the letter Y in front of every hour. O-U-R, right? our story, our history, our this, our, our yeah, clients, our this, right? And I'm like, mm -hmm. just, even if it's rudimentary, just put the Y in front of the, and just see how that feels. And it's fascinating. People come back and it's like people, uh, many people, even CEOs love tactical fixes. And they're like, I can, I'm be like, okay, do not call your marketing teams right now. Do not have them change the language. They will kill you, <laughs> right? Like I literally yeah. like put your phones down, put them down. But you know, it's just, it's interesting, and, and I tend to find that 
um, it comes from like the prideful entrepreneur. A lot of entrepreneurial companies, we are, I'm one, you're one, right? Like you're so proud, you're prideful of the work that you've done. You wanna be like our story, our here, our here. And it's so counterintuitive to be you focused, right? And and I think, you know, I'm curious of, uh, but then it gets into overwhelming, right? It's almost like, and, and it's a long-winded caveat to kind of tee you up here, but th- this uh, this notion that CEOs, they, they kind of grasp because I give them a tactic and they want to fix it right away because they know there's something yeah. wrong. But it's almost like, okay, guys, that was just an example. Guys and gals, that was just an example, right? Like it's a much higher level fix than that. It's a mindset shift. So I'm curious of how you walk from the theoretical to the tactical steps on the way to reposition brands. Yeah. You know, I think I really, like I said, I think I, I have to understand the company first, right? So I always have my customers do some pre-work where they kind of data dump their knowledge for me. And then I, I give my clients a full day of Mm -hmm. my time. We do three calls in that day because I really want to understand, and and it's a co-creation process, right? To really understand their customer and to ask questions so that I can then come up with the most unique and and dynamic brand positioning. And and I do think you're right. Like, we don't want to make quick fixes because sometimes we'll realize we're not even we're not even talking to the right audience, right? Or yep. we're not messaging yep. um we don't even understand necessarily who we're, who is buying from us. So we have to go through that process first. And then once we develop all the words around the unique positioning and the brand attributes and kind of what they're about, then we can go into the seven part story framework and understanding all those pieces. Yeah. I'm curious if, um, how it differs or not based on the marketing touch point. So by that meaning website, sales collateral, social media, what are the differences in terms of process and, and, and repositioning and, and how you account for the different places where it needs to show up? Yeah. So, so the brand, the, the brand identity work, we do the foundation and then you are absolutely correct. It, it doesn't, it does change in some aspects and I'll tell you where. So for example, on a website, the main overall brand positioning should be the homepage you know, the about page, but then when you start to get into the different services, oftentimes businesses have complexity and I get this all the time. Like I have multiple customers that I'm talking to or multiple product lines. I do a lot of, I do across every industry. So get into like complicated tech, except Mm -hmm. those brands will be, you know, depending upon what they're doing, we have to maybe develop a secondary brand script, Yep. you know? If you're an Airbnb type business of the world where you've got B2B and B2C, you know, we, we're going to, the different problems are going to be very different for an end user versus a company. Right. So we have to figure out what does success look like for them? What is the problem that each of those are facing differently? So a lot of times when we're doing websites, we then even take it a step further when we start to do that. And then we start to look at the brand positioning on each of the individual service lines and then readdress the target audience there and write that copy differently. You know, but it is you, the overall brand should, should be consistent of what you're about in general. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I think, uh, the number one. So one of the things that I do, uh, when I, when I meet with folks is I look at their, 
in each one of these presentations. I'll go through their website and all of their social media handles just to kind of see what they're doing and just how they are showing up with their brand. Just like a, it's like a mini audit, right? How, and, uh, and, and there are very, very few people who are consistent in her, how they yeah. show up, right? And then you take it at a level higher, there are very few, even fewer people who, even those that are consistent, that are you know, making the customer the hero and being the guide. And there are extraordinarily few. Um, I mean, I've talked to hundreds and hundreds of CEOs, and I know you have too, and have gone through these sites and everything else. There are an extraordinary, extraordinarily few people who are really dialed in and focused. The number one thing that I see is spray and pray. People are on five social media platforms, three social media platforms, and very few CEOs can even articulate why they're on the platforms that they're on. They're on, right? I'm like, look, like you may not need to be on. You probably don't need to be on Facebook if you're a B two B, right? Um, again, every customer is different, but it's it's yeah. it's fascinating how many people. It's like it's it's the fear of missing out. It's the spray and pray, taking the same content, putting it on five different platforms, and hoping something sticks. And right. I and I, I kind of like I, I like to really dig in and just be like, look, let's talk about. If you have 500 total followers, like I said, across whatever platforms you're on, and those are actually target customers, that's a win. This whole notion of like critical mass and thousands, like, sure, if you're a B2C that you need that, but it, it's amazing how um, it's almost like you hear kids getting caught up in vanity metrics on social media. We as CEOs and brands do too, and, and really, parsing through the noise is something that I'm fascinated and it's what's really impressed me about your companies that dial in it's counterintuitive nature of kind of like don't be all things to all people be brilliant go go niche and so I'd love yep. for you to kind of share um, because you in the way that you help brands become the guide you do that through language through touch points like websites and collateral um, you and I have talked about we do it through ongoing content but I'd love to hear some of the work that you've done that illustrates the principle, a case study or two that can help crystallize for our listeners how you took someone from point A to repositioning to point B. Absolutely. And first, I just want to I want to reiterate what you said because I do think that is something that is missed quite a bit is that consistency across yep. all channels marketing the simplicity of a clear message right like we might have we might solve 10 million problems but we don't talk about all 10 million problems we focus on the one that's going to capture people's attention mm -hmm. um, so yeah definitely on that but yeah i have a couple of them um let me think so one of them would be a company that came to us they were an e-commerce brand <clears throat> and they are a phenomenal company that was pretty new to the market but did um a bachelorette-type uh, gifts where they were customized, mm -hmm. and then into, like, you know, all kinds of different gifts from parties to mm -hmm. corporate events, et cetera. And when they came to us, they had no consistent message. And it's very interesting because most e-commerce brands, if you think of the sites, they typically don't have any kind of real message on them. They yeah. just have a product. And so they expect people to want to choose them over someone else, but people don't really know why. So we came up with a really cool um, 
brand for them. They're called Sprinkled with Pink, sprinkledwithpinkshop.com. And we came up with Life's Too Short to Have a Boring Party. Um, mm. So that we, they, you know, they create OMG moments. And so when they're buying a gift or planning an event, they want to have a trendy custom product that is like, you know, got the bride's name on it, et cetera, for mm-hmm. the bachelorette party. And it creates that epic Instagrammable moment. And this took us, you know, uh, an entire branding process to come up with the wording. And there's not a whole lot of wording on the website, but we added in the plan. We followed the framework and really made people want to capture it. And it was so successful. Like literally they put it on and they were getting so busy. They, they couldn't fulfill orders. And this was like a year and a half ago. Right. Um, and they just shut their website off. They kept turning it off and wow. turning it back on it off and turning it back on because people were booking and then they had to fulfill all these orders. And now they're obviously way staffed up. They're a phenomenal company. Um, I think they've more than doubled. You know, about to- what, I, what I love about that though, right? And, and, and this is kind of like, you know, look, what I'm saying isn't new. It's like own the niche. It's, it's counterintuitive, right? There are thousands and thousands in America alone, premium companies, right? You want a name on a cup, a t-shirt, a hat, you need swag, Swag companies are a dime a dozen. And I, I right. love it because, you know, you could almost see in the conference room being like, we're going to focus on the bachelorette. Oh my God. Like, like, why would we limit ourselves? We could do the bachelor. We could do the, but to your point, like speaking the language sprinkled with pink, wink, wink, right? Like there's just, it's just <laughs> you, it is so much easier to grasp that topic and it opens up all kinds of new opportunities that aren't e-commerce premium. It's about the bachelorette. And I think that, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to say I'm profound by saying it, but what you did was so profound and the company being profound in its simplicity, like the go-to place for bachelorettes period. You don't have to even say premium customized, etc. Right. That's almost too limiting, but there is no one, there's no company out there other than the TV show, right? That owns the bachelorette, you know, that, that niche. And, and I'm hammering that point because, and I want your, I really believe our thesis at, at Teamworks is that companies that are gonna win the long game are in the B2B space are brands that think and act like media companies and go niche, right? Yep. Like really, really connecting with that super hyper focus. And, and that's what one of the things I loved about you when I saw the work that you did on that and you can see it, share your website again so people can see the, what we're talking about. Yeah, it's evolveglobalmarketing.com. So that's evolve, E-V-O-L-V-E, globalmarketing.com. Um, yeah. Give us another one. I want to keep playing here. This is great. Ah, no problem. So yeah, and just to piggyback off what you said, what's really cool when you niche down too is that you also you're still going to get the other customers, and that kind of leads into the other the other one I have, which is I'm working on them right now. <laughs> so we are redoing um, a, te- a a really high end tech company, mm-hmm. and what was so cool about the process, they had the biggest aha moment in our branding because they realized that the biggest problem they had was they were literally talking to the wrong customer. So on their website right now, they talk to the end user Mm -hmm. and really they're selling to vendors. They're like a vendor partner. So they really sell B2B. Mm -hmm. And the minute we niched them, so we did exactly what you said. And we Mm -hmm. said, look, 
you do all kinds of cybersecurity, but really CyberArk, which is this main type of security they do, nobody owns that market right now. You would yep. be the one that could yep. be the expert in that. So we've re now redone all of their branding. We're talking to the the vendor partners, the big Deloitte companies and these, you know, bigger vendors, and they can help augment their team with CyberArk security solutions. Now they're still gonna get all the other security, but right. that's what we're working on. And it's really exciting to to see them. They they were so, like now we're we're doing their website and they're like, This is gonna make the biggest difference in the world because they're not speaking to the problems of a vendor. They yeah. are speaking to the technology itself, which a lot of tech companies do. They speak to the tech problems and not the customer that's going to buy from you. <laughs> yep, yeah, exactly. Well, Kinjara, yeah. I, I, I'm going to go a little off script here because I think one of the things that most attracted to me to having you on the show was after you and I had a few conversations and I, I think one of the big blocks for any C-suiter listening to this is they hear brand repositioning and they think either some magnitude of millions of dollars or depending on your size of company, hundreds of thousands of dollars and just these like painstaking visuals of day long after day long meetings and conference rooms. Mm -hmm. And when you started sharing kind of the time and investment that in the speed at which you do things, I was like, Oh God, the audience has to hear this. So, so debunk that myth, walk, walk them through <laughs> your process and kind of like what the expectations are for what it takes and how you do it. So walk through the pieces of the puzzle. Yeah. So we start with pre-work and they data dump everything they need to know by watching um, some pre-videos that we've created. Mm -hmm. um, once we have that, we book out a full day. So a full 24-hour day. Um, mm -hmm. Actually, I should 24, but... <laughs> <less>. <laughs> But one day of my time where we're going to sit down and we're going to just go from start to finish so I can understand the brand. Now, if it's a big corporation, it may take us two days, Matt. Yep. But in that time, I'm going to ask questions and dial in each of the different pieces. And then in between, we take breaks. So they might have three calls in that day. Mm -hmm. Last call um, being about an hour to just go through the final version. And in that time, we're writing and we're adjusting and we're coming up with what that strategy is going to be. So it's a really streamlined process that we've been doing now for um, about a year. Um, and it's it's very, um, it's, it's like we're dedicated to it. So everybody, and it, we can have multiple people on the call from both sides, but it's very dedicated to them getting everything completed and focusing and giving full attention to it for a short period of time. And I mean, then after that, we go into creating the marketing assets, doing the websites, et cetera. And, and so that's the part that just blew me away, right? This, uh, get it, you got some pre-work, so people have to do homework. But one to two days to get through brand positioning, just mm -hmm. like that, I was like, okay. I'm ADD, like impulsive guy, like that. <laughs> you're speaking my language, like, even I can do that, right? And so right. you get that brand positioning done. What does it take to then kind of manifest website redesigns, which you guys do, and, and other tactical executions of bringing that brand to life in the different ways? Yeah, so we can do a website. Typically, um, we'll figure out the user experience um, and get kind of all the foundation laid in another one-day kind of segment. 
And then from there, we have to write copy. We do full design with an actual designer that designs everything before it ever hits like WordPress or any mm-hmm. type of web platform. Um, and that whole process, we can get done um, in four to six weeks, depending upon the size. And that's typically for a five-page website. Mm-hmm. Most people have websites that are sign- like way too big, way too much going on, too yep. many clicks, too many links. So we try and really streamline it to be very effective. Mm-hmm. And to, to, you know, less is more. It's just the right words, right, mm-hmm. <laughs> to get people. All we're trying to do is get them to click that button. Right, to yep. schedule a call or to buy. Yep, yep. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and what, what, so, how do you advise clients in terms of like investment dollars? Because I know people that are listening this far in are like, okay, what does it cost? So, how do you price? How do you price this? Yeah. So the process is done um, typically with each client differently. And we have set for like what websites will be depending upon if they're going to use like a Wix type yep. website yep. more close them versus like WordPress. Yep. Um, and so those can start at, you know, 15,000 and go up from there, depending upon how many pages and what yep. we're doing. Um, and then we do sales funnels as well. So we do automated sales funnels with all the landing pages, the lead generator, mm-hmm. the emails on the back end, and all of this is using storytelling. So every bit of copy we ever write. Yeah. And again, you're, you know, you're looking in that same ballpark, depending upon, you know, what you actually need to get done. Um, and then we can, we, we, we kind of can take it in phases, right? Yeah. I just tell everybody, like, you don't have to make every decision of everything you're going to do up front. Let us get through the first part, phase one, which is usually the branding and the website. And then we'll go to phase two and figure out what you need from there. Cause we do social media and there's a whole bunch of other yep. pieces as well. Awesome. Um, so final business question. What advice yep. do you have for people listening to this and, and they're thinking, you know what, this is resonating. We need this. What should they do before they come to you to help be set up for success? I would say the most important thing is to have the people who need to be involved in the process on the same page, mm-hmm. that they're going to dedicate themselves in the time to get it done. Um, we have a very, you know, project streamlined project management system on the back end, So we're going to guide them through it. So that's number one. Number two is take inventory of what your customers are telling you. Mm-hmm. Because again, this process is all about your customer. And as long as you can change that mindset, that's huge. And number three, if you've never read Building a Story Brand, I highly recommend. I know you give them out all the time, but get Donald <laughs> and read it because everything will start to make sense in how storytell- leveraging storytelling in your business will actually lead to more sales online. Love it. Uh, final question for you. What are you reading for fun when you're not moving cross country? <laughs> what am I reading for fun right now? Um, gosh, I've been in the process of moving. <laughs> this so is right like my the- poor man's Goodreads, right? Like I, right. I just, you know, I'm too lazy to go on the app and kind of like, so I just, you know, I, I pull from guests and see what they're reading. I'm guessing you're not reading um, since you since you live it, I'm guessing you're not reading any Donald Miller books right now. Building a story brand. No, <laughs> no. So right now, I am um, I'm rereading um, Marty Newmeyer's um, Zag, which is um, I read. That's where I have developed a lot of my branding and positioning. But I'm actually in the process of working with um, 
with them on um, becoming certified. So mm-hmm. that's a good book if you haven't read that one too. It kind of goes to that unique positioning. What's for, the name of it again? It's called Zag by Marty Neumeyer. Got it. Z-A-G? Zag? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And it's how to set yourself apart, you know, from everybody else. Cool. And if folks want to get a hold of you, what's the best way for them to do so? I say hit my website. You can email me at hello at evolveglobalmarketing.com. But if you hit my website, I literally practice what I preach right on my website. You can book a call right on my calendar, pick the best date and time, and we can chat. Awesome. No call. Kim Jarrah Whittington uh, of Evolve Global Marketing, thank you so much for your time and sharing your insights with us today. Thanks so much, Jay Sherman, for having me. I, I'm so excited to be connected with Teamworks Media, and I really appreciate you taking the time today with me as well. Thanks for listening to Brand Story Inc. We'll be back next week with another conversation digging into the ways companies are becoming like media companies. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give me a follow on Twitter at underscore Jay Sharman and on LinkedIn.